Welcome back to Off the Dope and Off the Crazy House with Anthony Ray. You are now listening to Anthony Ray. This broadcast is brought to you by No Pond, the independent apparel company. No Pond creates art and clothes that encourages everyone out there to make their own moves. It also urges you not to continue to play the fool in life, to not be a pawn in the game of life, and to overcome all things with your wisdom. So use that same wisdom and go check out nopawn.com because I know you're going to like it. And if you don't like it, one day I know you will. So that's nopawn.com. N-O-P-A-U-N-E. That's N-O-P-A-U-N-E.com. So what's good? I know you're thinking, man, you barely ever post. Like, you don't post regularly. Like, if you've already, you know, made it this far, then most likely you know that I post whenever I feel like there's something I, I, can, I should talk about. And whenever I feel the urge. So today I felt the urge. So here I am. And I guess there has been things to talk about that I haven't been able to get a chance to get to because... Honestly, I've been working on nopond.com, which I'm really proud of, y'all. So please go check it out. And I've also have another podcast as well that I work on, which is on an app called Wisdom. And the Wisdom app is an app that just allows you to share your wisdom. So if you want to get on there too, it's fun, it's cool, it's really easy to start. You basically just put out a small little bio and start recording. You know, you pick what you want to talk about and you start recording and it's easy. People just come by. It's kind of like a clubhouse type thing, but not really. It's easier than that. And it's cool. And on there, I actually talk about all kinds of stuff that's outside of just drugs. So I talk about my opinion on things like whooping our children. You know, I do talk about the dreams and the, the, some of the things you've heard on here that I talk about, but also some other things like dating and my, my opinions on different things like that So please go check it out It's a little more edgy over there At least for me it is A lot of people on there just talk about it, Encouraging and things like that But Please go check it out You'll find me under the name With Anthony Ray With Anthony Ray So please go check it out So what brought me on here today Is a few things Number one I, I do want to I wanted to warn everyone out here and I know y'all know that there are several new drugs out there on the market. We already know that I spoke about the fentanyl and all of these, but they have new strains of cannabis out there that are killing people. They have new strains of uh, of everything out there that's killing everybody. So new synthetic versions of everything. So please, I haven't been able to, to put all of this down on paper because I just jumped on here today, but I will try to do that. If I get the opportunity, which I, you know, I should be able to here in the near future and really break down what's going on with these new items that they're they're putting out. Really, most of the time, just trying to beat law enforcement by slightly shifting the chemical makeup of some of these synthetic products. So please, man, if you're out there and you haven't shook the habit, I'm really, really urging y'all to like this is a great time right now to stop because. People are caring less and less because of the, the, the state that the world is in. So I hate to say this, but it's true that most people don't care about what happens to drug addicts because of the decisions that we've made in life. I'm no longer a drug addict, so but I'm just saying we right now so that you feel like so that you know, like I'm not against against you. If you are still out there using, I'm just against what you got going on. But I don't want you to die like some of these people there are people out here who actually want to see all drug addicts die and it's cold-hearted it's cold-blooded and i just want to say out there that y'all got to be careful and, and and if you're gonna choose any time in the world to quit today is the perfect time because they lacing everything and if you don't get laced you're gonna get hooked they're putting stronger items in here. It's in the weed, it's in the it's in the pills, it's in the heroin, 
it's in the it's in everything. I'm barely even hearing the words crack anymore. People not even really talking about crack that much. They talking about fentanyl and pills and you know speed and these things. So times have changed. And sometimes you gotta be smart enough to see the writing on the wall, you know. For some of us, um, getting out of the game was just, it was it was a force out. It wasn't something we all wanted to do. It was something that was the smartest decision to make. So with that said, I want y'all to know that sometimes it's really, almost every time, except for in certain, circum- cir- certain circumstances, it's about a decision. Either I was gonna do this, or I was gonna be a no, or I was gonna be a nothing in life. I wasn't gonna be able to take care of my son. I wasn't gonna be able to take care of myself. I was gonna end up being a scumbag. And that's not something I wanted to continue to live with. This show right here. Is along these lines of looking back And reviewing your life And making decisions in the future based on it So today I really wanted to talk about Regret Missed opportunities What's funny what kind of brought me to Kind of think about this Topic And what really did it Was that I saw Soldier Boy being interviewed they interviewed Soldier Boy and they asked him, they said, well, Soldier Boy is a rapper for you guys who don't know. He was a rapper, a young guy. He's relatively young now. He's in his 30s. But at one time, he was the one of the first rappers who ever used the internet as a way to become famous. He became famous on the internet when the internet just really had popped off. And he had a dance and everything and... He's still somebody that's well known in the industry. He makes music for others and stuff like that. He's a producer now and he does a lot of just hustling, you know, products and items that he, you know, puts his name on and tries to rebrand them. So he was being interviewed and he was asked about the time that he actually passed up signing on another young artist, a younger artist actually named NBA Youngboy. Now, those of you who don't know NBA Youngboy, NBA Youngboy is a rapper who actually might be the biggest artist of this era and outside of Drake or something like that. But online, he actually beats Drake in in sales as far as online. He's the number one YouTube artist. He sells more. He has more YouTube streams than anyone else. I believe he's he's either in the hundreds of millions or even a billion streams and he's a huge name in the game even if you don't know about him he he has a his following is diehard fans i mean they everywhere one guy was even joking he, he showed up it was a wwf one of the fighters was coming down the ring and this dude everybody else had their wwf signs up this dude had a sign up that said nba young boy is better which is like a little thing they got going on. But he was repping NBA Youngboy in the background of a WWF fight. And the guy was like, dang, these, they fans everywhere. And they really are diehard fans. And uh, so he's a really influential guy. So he asked him, why didn't you sign him? And he said, he said, dang, man, he thought, he thought about it. He said, what happened was that NBA Youngboy inboxed him and asked him, would he sign him? He didn't say nothing back immediately because he said he he didn't really know why he couldn't remember, but he was busy. And he finally hit him back after he kind of found out who he was and stuff like that. And he wanted to sign him. It was too late, though. Somebody else had already signed him. And that got me to thinking about all of the other artists who did stuff like that. There's another artist uh, named this is an artist from my era named uh, Jim Jones, who was a part of a. Dip, a set, uh, 
he was part of a rap group called Dipset that came out of Harlem and a long time ago. So like during the P. Diddy era and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he he was asked, why didn't he sign J. Cole, who was one of the living legends of our time as far as, you know, artists go. And he said he didn't sign J. Cole because J. Cole was was he was too soft. He, he wasn't gangster enough is the words he actually used. And I thought about that. And then I thought about all the other interviews I had ever heard from people, not just in music, but in other, you know, parts of life who had talked about the people they didn't sign or the contracts they missed out on, the money that they left there and they they, they didn't. And I just thought about all of these different things or and I got to thinking about my own life like that in the future. Will I be able to see a good opportunity when it's right in front of me? And and will I have to tell a story about how I'm, I messed up big? Because if Soldier Boy would have signed NBA Youngboy, his money would have, you know, greatly been increased. Along with Jim Jones and many other artists. I mean, you just... One day, take your time and just really think about all of the times you've heard in interviews, people who were considered successful enough to be interviewed, who tell you about a time where they didn't do this or didn't do that, and it would have been big. And what's a trip is that most of the time, it's similar to NBA Youngboy story, where the only thing that made them miss out on it was something that they can't even tell you why today. It wasn't a big deal. There was nothing huge that made... There was nothing so big that he remembers why he didn't sign NBA Youngboy. And as you heard from Jim Jones, Jim Jones just said he thought he wasn't gangster enough, which is not, that's not a good enough reason not to sign J. Cole, who is one of the only names that may be as big as a Drake or, you know, this guy is a living legend. Oh, and one day will be known forever, you know, and... I just sit there and think about these things. And I'm like, wow. Wow. You know, the people who who closed the door on a great investment opportunity or something like that. Like, what? And then you think about it. And they're like, I don't know why I didn't do it. I just thought it was dumb. Or, and it ends up being like this big thing. And I'm thinking, what, 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 will that be me? And then I got to thinking, well, in a way, I'm sure it already has. Because in my past, I've had opportunities I missed. Now, what does it have to do with drugs? Well, I can just name stuff that just on drugs was a missed opportunity. And these aren't as big as the million-dollar deals and, you know, $100 million peoples that I could have signed. It might have just been something like, like there was once this girl. And this girl actually had chose me. But in a way, I had kind of chose her before because though I hadn't met the girl yet, I had actually gotten to this point where I was doing drugs in the house and I'm high on meth. And and I asked God, like, send me a girl that's like this. And I had I just laid out some things that I thought were going to be actually physically appealing to me at the time. And no lie, I ended up talking to a girl who fit that criteria. Like she came into this place where I was at and just sat around me and I just, I shot my shot and she was with it. She ends up at the house and I'm too high to even function. She throw the ass at me and I'm not even functioning correctly. My mind is all over the place. I'm self-conscious. I'm, I'm, I've been up too many days. I'm tripping. You know what I mean? And though we kicked it a few times and she ended up kind of like moving around from me because I was just out of it, man. I was, I was just, I can name at least three or four girls that that happened with me. 
And that's that's just one drug taking that stuff from me, you know? I'm sure that there's other opportunities that alcohol did that to me and other kind of things. And these are things that I made bad decisions on. See, when I when I listen to people say things like, I don't have no regrets. Do I believe that they believe that? Kind of, but not really. You know, like, I don't think it's 100% true. I can't. I don't know what they're thinking, but I find it hard to believe that people don't have no regrets. And if you don't have any regrets, I think you're like a psycho. Or you're really selfish. Or you're really good at hiding it. Or because a regret is a... It's, in a way, it's kind of healthy. It can be overdone. It can turn into rumination. But, and it can be painful. But, without it, how do you, without it, I think you lose something when it comes to making decisions in the future. You know, if I had failed to, if like if I was MB, if I was uh, if I was Soldier Boy, and that had happened to me with NBA Young Boy, how I respond to up and coming artists who are hitting me in my inbox takes a different shape at that point. My approach becomes different to how I how I look at. You know what's in my inbox. That 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 just me. I missed an NBA young boy because I didn't respond back in time. Now how I handle my business changes. How I respond to requests and things. These things change because of that. Now if he didn't change that, maybe he's got a guy in his inbox right now that he's just going. I'll, I'll get back to him And on the cool I believe You know We I'm not even gonna say that but When we're high And when we're in a certain zone Of life Yeah there's no regrets because you're living in the moment And drugs tend to do that They give you that rock star feel That rock star whatever but on the cool You missing a whole lot of stuff going on And your ability to plan for the actual future don't exist because it's now, you know. It, I was worried about the future a lot less when I was high. I was worried about what was going on at the moment. If I was worried about the future, it was related to money, like like how I was going to get this money to get high or how I was going to get this money to pay the rent that I knew I needed to. Like, it was based on stuff like that, how I was going to, at one point, how I was going to eat something or, you know these it was short future it wasn't five years down the road two years down the road what am i gonna be by next year it was none of that there was no i don't even if i it, it just wasn't like that i was stuck in the past and, the, and i was stuck in the present and maybe a few weeks to uh, maybe a month at the least the month at the most excuse me ahead in time Everything above that seemed to be blocked up. So when people say to me, they're like, man, I like people had a tattoo that say no regrets. And I'm thinking, how do you not have no regrets? That means you just don't care. You don't give a fuck. And there's power in not in not in not in not giving a fuck. There's power in that. There is. But it's power in the moment. It's not power over your future. People who don't give a fuck are powerful in the moment. They're powerful right now. Because they're willing to go further right now. They're willing to go harder right now. You see what I'm saying? And depending on how they direct that, that's good. Like, You know what I mean? But when you start caring about your future, you start giving a fuck. Your give a fuck like, goes down a little bit. Unless it's like... I don't give a fuck what I got to do 
I'm gonna make it five years from now. I'm gonna be a whatever. That's different. You see what I'm saying? It just it's depending on how you're using that thing. But for the most part, not having the regret is like it don't make sense. Because I need to be able to adjust. That's how I look at it. And I think about those things because when they come again, I want to be able to maneuver. I think about an athlete maybe who who took a shot and missed it in a playoff, like in a in a playoff game. And, and if you ask him, does he regret missing that shot? I mean, he he might say, no, I don't I don't regret missing. At least I took it, which is altruistic and all that. It's like sounds good, you know. But I guarantee you, that person thinks about that shot. And, and, and wishes they would have turned their wrist just a little this way or took a little bit off of it or open, spread their fingers just a little bit more. You know? Wish they would have released it just a second earlier. And then the things you think about when you're going into your next shot, you know, like these are the things that you, you can use your regrets to adjust your present and your future. What you gonna do later on? What am I gonna do right now? I remember when I messed up last time. Like, so now if that same girl was in my in my house or a girl similar, you know, or the same thing happened, like, how am I gonna? Also, people that don't have those regrets in life, when they have no regrets, those are people who don't care who they hurt. Even if you don't regret what you've done in life, do you do you should at least regret what you've done to others? I believe that. So so you don't regret, you know, doing drugs and living the lifestyle you lived and and you know, even if it did turn you broke, like you had fun or you you experienced life the way you wanted to live it, that's cool. But what about the hearts you broke along the way? What about the, the 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 kid that you left as an orphan? What about you know all the people you screwed over in business? What about that? You don't care about none of that, right? You don't care about all of those things. You don't care. You don't care. At some at some point in life, you gotta have some type of regret. That's my opinion, because that shows growth. Regretting something shows growth. Do you know people that from a long time ago who thought that they didn't have nothing to regret end up being like fifty years old and apologizing to somebody for the things they did? People that got deathbed confessions. See, it sometimes it takes like true maturity, like you. You got to be 70, 80 years old before you realize that what you did is a regretful situation. And really, it's not that it took that long. It took you that long to actually verbalize what you felt inside anyway. Telling somebody you have no regrets is, is a childish statement to me. It's something for children. Oh, I don't regret anything, man. It all had to go the way it had to go. All right. I guess so, man. In a way, I guess. I know things might have had to go the way they went, but I still regret that it happened that way. You know? There was a girl that I that that I that I treated a certain way. I, I feel bad about that. Because right? she was actually a sweetheart towards me. This certain girl I'm talking about was like really kind and nice to me. But I was doing so much drugs at the time that I was talking like outside I was being mean in a way actually I wasn't even like just being super mean to her I was more like treating her like 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 it wasn't nothing you know like a like somebody I thought could be a flipper something and it wasn't it wasn't right because that's not how she was treating me But as they say, you know, the demon time, like that's kind of what I was on, sniffing coke and doing all this stuff around her and drinking and and I was out of it, man. And I regret that because 
not because it was a piece of uh it was a piece of uh, ass that I that I that I passed up on that I not even passed up on but a piece of ass that I can't touch no more that's not why like it's it's because not that many people in life have been just utterly really overly kind to me at one point or another especially not out you know and so when I when I when I have an opportunity to be around people who are just really nice to me how I treat them matters it matters um because I'm starting to realize that as I look back on life the people who were the most kind to me the people who really wanted to be cool with me and were didn't have the certain motives that I attribute to the people who I think are or, or pieces of shit You know these Those people are few and far in between And I wish I could go back and be like I'm sorry Like Cause I regret it You know I had a I had a cool ass roommate One time when I was in the service And dude was Good people man And, and I didn't even realize this Until I looked back Cause I was an alcoholic at that time and I was really, really, uh, I thought I was just the shit, you know? Um, and I was just too caught up in what I had to do that, uh, I didn't realize how good of a friend this person was, man. This guy had found out that I had got my son while I was in the military. And he was my roommate while I was in the barracks. Well, he had went and got a, a, a clean ass spot right outside the base And he asked me said man do you want to go half on it Come check out this place We can go half on it bro You got your son bro You'll have your own little spot on the side with your son I'll have a room over here You know what I'm saying And it's player So when he took it was a player little spot He didn't have to say that to me You know what I'm saying But he, but he showed me love In that sense Like there was a time And then Like he was kind hearted Like he would He would he would pay stuff and then be like, don't even worry about this. And don't worry about it. He had more money than me at the time. He had more rank than me. He had already been to, uh, to, to war and all that. So, you know, and overseas. So he had stacked up some change at the time. I didn't have much of nothing. I had my son, though. And he showed me love, man. And I was an asshole to this dude, man. On several occasions. Things that I wouldn't even uh, imagine doing to nobody now, like... Not saying it was just stupid, crazy stuff, like, but just, just scumbag shit, you know. And he might have did some petty stuff here or there, some small, but it wasn't nothing like, nah. He was good people, man. And when I look back, I, I really regret that. Like, I regret not, not being. Wise, because you, cause good, cause good friends only come every blue moon. You know what I'm saying? I regret not going to school when I should. Like I could have, I could have been done. My life would be totally different. I could have been done, started a business or started a, uh, or went to college. Like I regret not doing those things and, and coming out of it already and, and using it to do something. Not that college is the end all and be all and not that everyone succeeds in business, but I regret not giving it my all. I regret that. You don't have to regret it for me, <laughs> but I think it's unwise for me to sit back on my own life and go, ah, I'm living it with no regrets, you know, because to me, that's like, ah, I'm living it without thinking. Oh, I'm living it without looking back. Oh, I'm living. I'm looking at it without reviewing, without changing. Why look at bad things as if they're bad? Everything's good. It's all good. It's kind of, a, you know, I like the saying a lot. But I don't mean it's always been good. Just because it's all good now. See when I re see when regretting things makes me actually try to get in touch with those people and be like, I'm sorry. Even at, at my age, even though this stuff was like decades a decade plus ago, you know, I still want to call him and be like, man, I'm I was tripping. I didn't realize where I was at in the mind till I look back on it. 
it's even other stuff that I, 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 that's a trip to me. Like one time, y'all, I was, I was at this, uh, this club, a bar slash club. I was young at the time, real young. And, uh, I went with a couple friends to this bar. We get there and there's like this Italian guy or something like at the, cl- at the bar. And he's like, Hey man, I love the way you carry yourself, man. You like a stand up dude, bro. He's like, let me let me buy you a drink, man. And y'all know what I said? <laughs> I said, man, I don't let no dude buy me no drink, man. Like, nah. He said, what? He said, what are you trying to say? I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm funny or something, man. What are you what are you trying to say, dog? So I ain't saying nothing, man. I'm saying I don't let no dude buy me no drink. This dude got mad, started cussing, like. My homeboy kind of stood, but like he, my my homeboy was like six foot four, something like that. Stood between me and the guy, and the guy ended up getting enraged. Now they didn't kick, they didn't just kick him out, like they kind of walked him out. But they didn't walk him out the front. They sent him through the like the back. Like the the the, the I noticed that the bouncers were really nice with the guy, and they walked him out the back, and he went and got in a really expensive car. You know what I'm saying? As he talked cool with the little the guys who were taking him outside. And he got in a really expensive car that was parked like right by the back door. Like they had probably let him in the back. And he jumps in this really expensive car and dips. When I think back at the time now, I don't know if this dude was a he could have been a mobster. He could have been anything. He could have been a businessman he could have you know just been well off for himself but when i did that basically i might have turned down an opportunity that he you know he could have just owned his own business at a young age he was older than me at the time but he was still relatively young and he saw something in me that he thought was um admirable and instead of me seeing that what i saw was um I didn't want nobody to try to take advantage of me. I didn't want nobody to step on me. I didn't want nobody to try to play me. I didn't want this, 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 and this, and this. You know, I didn't want to be perceived in a certain way. And so, I missed the opportunity. I missed the, I missed the open door. You see? Now, maybe I made the right decision because the dude clearly had, a, had, a, had some issues. But um, you never know. It's a missed opportunity. And with some missed opportunities, I think there should be some remorse. And that goes for everybody out here who believes that they should have no regret. I mean, when is the last thing that you regret? Is there something in your past, and I know there is, that you, that you regret doing? Someone you regret hurting? And in that regret, can you can you feel the remorse? That's the question. Because regret does bring remorse. It can. It should, maybe. And it becomes a cycle because, see, with no regret, where's the remorse? If you don't regret it, then you don't feel bad about it. But think back. Is there somebody you hurt? Somebody you did wrong? Something you mishandled? Something you misjudged Right Now feel the remorse That's the second stage right Now you feeling the remorse And what's so cool about having a regret is that After it takes you through that remorse Now we get into the good stuff We getting into uh, a, a, a desire to change things See how it went from really dark Regret Remorse now you start to feel that desire to change things. See, we get into those more redemptive qualities of regret. It's, a re- it's redemptive. It begins over here, but it ends in redemption. So now I want to change things, which is the re- it's a realization that dang, dang, that thought like dang, I really screwed that up like. Dang, I really was screwed up. Dang. I realized something about myself. 
and it's eye opening. So now we starting to wake up. And now you want change. So when you want change, well, well, how can you change it? Well, you keep going to that redemptive side. You're like, now I'm going to actually seek redemption. I'm going to try to figure out. I know this was a long time, but at least I want to make sure that they know that like, I feel like. I feel like. I was wrong. I know I was wrong. It's not even just like I feel. I know I was wrong. I, I thought about this. I regret this now. And I'm and I want to make it right, even though it's been this long. At least let me. At least let me tell you. And this is when you start making a change. And that's when we lead into asking for forgiveness. See, it's something about forgiveness that's a trip, man. It's no joke when old boy Kevin Hart, it was a joke, but it's no joke at the same time when Kevin Hart said a dude want to fight him and he and he start acting like he want to hug him. Come on, man, bring it in, bring it in. Like, that was his joke, but in real life, it's kind of like that. The power of forgiveness, man, it can like, it can put water on a whole fire. Sometimes, do you, man, do you know that Asking for forgiveness Can stop a whole murder A whole murder A life can be saved Just for trying to make amends And we're not talking about something like I'm sorry I'm sorry you feel hurt about that That's not a real That's not a real That's not real and whoever is apologizing like that, you a whole ass month. You, man, I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm cussing a lot today, but I really don't know why. But for real, you you out of there with that. Well, hey, I mean, I'm sorry you took it that way. I mean, uh, I'm sorry that you feel, I'm sorry that you, if you beginning with, I'm sorry that you, then you ain't sorry. You sorry that they. Fake apologies are are no good. A fake apology is not real remorse. A fake apology is not even real regret. A fake apology will get you no redemption. Because it will not be accepted on the cool. Most likely, it's, how can it be accepted? It's not even a real apology. Asking for forgiveness Gives a person an opportunity to forgive A truly ask And truly asking for forgiveness Softens softens your enemy's heart A true request for forgiveness Is Is told Man I was watching this movie right and it was a Korean movie. They make some great movies, right? And it was so good. I'm reading the subtitles and everything. Like I'm not, I'm I'm rewinding because I'm missing what I read, but it was a good movie. And in the movie, as a quick a, a quick overview, basically there's two people, uh, this man and this woman, who are somewhat uh of considered to be kind of like angels. So they've already died and they basically in order so that they can go to the next part of living or, or towards heaven to be released from hell. They have to help other people get to heaven and they got to help like I forget the number, maybe 99 people. If they get if they free 99 people from hell, then they get to go to heaven themselves based on the things that they've done wrong in life. And so they take people through the stages of there's like seven stages of hell and they're helping this one guy who ends up dying. He was a a firefighter. And I've always said firefighters, man, they do not get enough. Thank you all for like I I don't I usually don't say this about members of society and and, and the power structure because I'm not with it all the time. But thank you to the firefighters out there for real. Like y'all are really actually lifesavers, man. Like y'all, and, and then we nobody really, everybody wants to say thank you to the police and not to the firefighters. Like firefighters' whole job is to save people's lives and to risk theirs in the meantime. 
They try to go into the pits <laughs> and try to pull people out. Like, like, oh, I see. So, like, they, they, they kind of, that's funny. They made him a firefighter. That's the same thing. So, he basically goes into the flames and brings people out. And they were doing that for him in the movie for the firefighter. Clever. I love Korean movies, man. They sharp. Um, or just say Asian movies. And, uh, they tend to be like kind of cool and magical at the same time. I like all that. And so what ended up happening was at the end, he gets to the seventh stage of hell. He's about to get released. And he actually, they find that in each each level of hell, I don't know if I'm explaining this good because I'm thinking back to it and I'm, I'm getting off track. But in each level of hell, in order to get released from it, the God of that hell has to release him. And the God of the hell is used of that, that level of hell is like a judge. So they go over whatever crime he's broken and decide whether or not he makes it through that stage as they look back on his life. Well, he makes it through six of them. He gets to the seventh. And one of the things he did was he, he committed a crime against his mother. And, uh, or his brother. No, against his mother. And he actually did wrong by his mother. And they they couldn't find a way to... The two people, the man and the woman who had been helping him through the whole time, could not find a way to prove him innocent. And so the God was going to gonna find him guilty. But as his memory kept replaying, as, as his memory kept playing, they found that his mother forgave him. His mother in life, in real life, truly forgave him, her son. And when the God of that seventh part of hell found that out, he said, then he said, what is forgiven on earth is truly forgiven in heaven. He is not guilty, like, or he is, you know, he's passed because in that part, tripping me out, man. He said, "Whatever is forgiven, what is for whatever is truly forgiven on earth, is truly forgiven in heaven." Like I wonder how true that is. Like, like how true is that? I wonder. It's a great concept. I wonder if it's true. Like when you, when you think about it, like if if. If I truly forgive you as the person who did me wrong, like, how much weight would that carry afterwards? In the after? I wonder. Hmm. But see, that, 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 the opportunity to give someone the ability, most people in this world, I don't think automatically forgive other people. We are carnal beings. We carry pain. We carry grudges. So asking for forgiveness, being able to actually ask for it is a much simpler way of receiving that forgiveness. Some people think in their head, they're like, all I got to do is wait long enough and this person will forgive me because time will just pass and they're going to forgive me. Or maybe if they even don't think it that way, it's just a subconscious thing. They know to stay away from you until enough time has passed. But in real life, it's so much easier and probably better for both parties because you can be around. Like sometimes you'll lose a friend over stuff like this. Somebody who you want around, but you just don't have enough guts to say Bro, I messed up and I'm truly sorry, bro. And it won't happen again. And really try not to do that ever again. Like not and to change your ways. See, there's a guy on Breakfast Club who said that his name was Charlotte. His name is Charlemagne the God. Everybody knows this guy. Most people know him. Really famous, probably the most famous radio personality in the world. Next to Rush Limbaugh or something like that. He's up there though. And he does the Breakfast Club. Which is in uh, New York, I believe. And he says this all the time. He says that the uh, the best, 
what does he say? The best way to show that you're sorry is to um the best way to show you're sorry is to change how you do something. It's change behavior. That's what he says. The best apology is change behavior. That's what he says. Uh I understand what he's saying. I think that that's the back end of it though. I think the best apology is a is a heartfelt one which causes you to give change behavior. So as long as it's a heartfelt apology, meaning you mean that shit, of course your behavior is going to change cuz you really mean it. I think that change behavior is the result of the best apology. It isn't the best apology itself. Because you can change your behavior, right? But you never apologize for the messed up behavior you did in the first place. And that person is not going to forgive you of what you've done just because you've changed the way you do it. Let's say, for instance, uh, family feuds and stuff happen like that, you know? Family feuds. So, years pass, you done killed his great great grand uncle and his great great you know whatever or whatever and everybody knows about it there's a feud between these two families for years to come now nobody in this family has killed each other in years but they still grudging over the same thing why because nobody ever apologized for what was done even though they're not killing each other at the moment they're not killing each other right now but nobody ever apologized about his great great uncle who was murdered by the other family member So you can't tell me that change behavior is the best apology. No, it isn't. The best apology is a sincere apology, which changes your behavior. I don't think people really understand the, the, the power of I'm, I'm, I'm truly am sorry, bro. I truly apologize. To mean it in your heart, like to know that you really were wrong and to know that that person deserves to hear it from your mouth. If you man enough not to apologize and because you want to stand on that, that's what I say. Before. I'm trying to tell, I'm t man. We are so quick to stand. Like, there are so many of us out here, I would say, that are so quick to stand on the wrong thing. They used to say, man, stand on that. When you say it, stand on it. But you don't stand on BS. I've said it before, I said it again. You're not supposed to stand on the things you're wrong for. You don't stand on that. It's shaky ground anyway. What you did was shaky. How you gonna stand on it? It wasn't right in the first place. So what you don't what you don't want to do is be caught standing on something that's shaky. What turns it what turns you into you what turns you solid again is when you know that what you're standing on is shaky and you get off of it. Like, man, you right, bro. I was wrong. And uh I was, I was messed up about that, bro. Now you start to see when you start to get that, and you that that's getting like you turning real, like you starting to become real again. Like that's like this person is real. That's how it starts to. Like, you can go from being the most lionist, <laughs> but that moment when you start to make that turn, you can feel it. Like when it's sincere, you're like, okay, that's real, that's real. Okay, now we getting somewhere, yeah. Okay, that's when we start checking for see for change behavior, but it starts with that sincere apology. That's what starts to soften the heart. I'm telling you, tragedies can be avoided. You can stop somebody from ruminating. See, cause you, you like they said, yeah, you go home and you going to sleep, but don't don't think that ain't people out there that's ruminating over what you done did to them. Stop thinking that. Now, some people are a bit uh, uneven in life. They're not evenly killed. They're, they're off in the brain. So they think people who have wronged them when they haven't been wronged. Yeah, them people exist. But I'm saying if you get to the point, if that happens, then that's that's something outside of you. Like, I wish there was something I could tell, that, tell you about them, but there's nothing you can do about their brain. They just, you ain't did them nothing. And really, they, they just don't, they, they, I don't know, they're off. But that's not who I'm talking I'm talking about whenever you can, though. 
and you know you done did wrong, like be real about it. And things can change. And that's when you start getting into redemption. When you shot your shot and you tried to make it right, whether or not they accept it or not, you shot your shot. You know what I mean? And uh it's something it's something that's it, it lightens your heart and theirs, I think. When they can really forgive you in full, like in full forgiveness mode, like they know you didn't mean it. Like it's hard to hold a grudge against somebody who don't really mean it, like. At least to me it is. It's hard to really hold a grudge against somebody who you don't think really meant you no harm. Like, I know you didn't mean to step on my shoes and I'm still mad at you like you meant to do it. Like, now that mean I'm crazy. I'm the tripping one. So what I was just going to say on here is a... That as as we look back on our lives and the things that we did, you know, when we were deeply on drugs and deeply out of our mind in some cases and deeply outside of our hearts, like like completely outside of our hearts in some cases, I think it's important that we reach out and we try to make things right. That's some things. That's the thing that the A, the A uh, Alcoholics Anonymous really got right. AA and NA. I remember seeing that on the wall while I was in the rehab and I'm looking at their their rules on the wall and that one I thought was that's a real one. Really reaching out to people who you might have hurt and trying to make things right because you lighten people's loads and their mind when you make things right with them. That's really actually a symbiotic forgiveness and asking for forgiveness. That's like something like symbiotic. It's, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. But I'm gonna get up off of here, man. I just wanna reiterate again for y'all to make sure that y'all don't uh don't take for granted that the type of drugs out here are safe. They not, man. If anything, you should be thinking that the drugs out here are way, way they it's not a good time to be a, be a, be an be an addict. It's not a, a good time to be in addictive mode. It's not. It's not a good time to be doing drugs. So, with that said, man, go check out nopaun.com, N O P A U N E. Please do that. Um please go check out that Wisdom app and look for me on there with Anthony Ray. And my apologies to you already for what you might hear, cause I'm 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 way more edgy over there, and I got my own opinions over there. But just know, man, I ain't got no hate for anybody, or but I just just speaking my mind over there, all right. And uh, I want to make sure that y'all all know that I wish y'all all peace and paper, all right. Goodbye.